The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Katie Mox and Will Brinson here, joined by a gaggle of our friends, Jason LaCanfora, Emory Hunt, and Alex Selznick, a.k.a. Prop Stars. It is a full party today for our preseason betting preview. If you missed the last episode, Brinson, BQ, and Liget broke down the uh, win totals for the NFC South and the NFC North. You can catch that episode on our YouTube channel or the audio version wherever you get your podcasts. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss another episode and give us a like or a comment while you are at it. All right, fellas, uh, today we are giving likes and leans for week two of the preseason a lot of games there is 16 games and there is five of us so let's skip all the pleasantries and just get right to it first we're going to talk about some quarterback battles that are going on it wouldn't be preseason without a 49ers quarterback battle right so let's start there last week the Niners backups uh, were absolutely owned by the Raiders Trey Lance started the first half looked shaky which is somewhat to be expected. Sam Darnold looked better, which is also to be expected. Shan had said uh, the plan is to flip that this week. They're going to have Darnold start in the first half um, and then go to Trey Lance in the third quarter. Uh, You're not expected to see uh, Purdy, I don't think, or any of the other starters. Shanahan doesn't normally like to do that. SF only scored one touchdown uh, last week, and it wasn't even really a touchdown. It was a dropped interception that was picked up by Dwelly. I'm going to lean over in this game. I was looking up some trends, some preseason trends, and uh, teams that don't score well in one game typically typically go over on their bets in the next one. Since 2010, teams that were held under few, uh, excuse me, under 10 points or fewer in the previous preseason game have gone over the total 57% of the time. I also feel like with Darnold getting the start here, we have a better chance. Emery, you actually like Niners money line here. Yeah, because I feel like when you have a quarterback competition, you're going to get sustained quarterback play all throughout the game. So whether you like Darnold or like Lance, having both guys out there competing for a starting job kind of helps everyone else around them. It, it, you know, they say rising tides raise, raises all boats. So for, for me, them going into the fourth quarter with a guy that wants to show that he can be the starter after coming off that performance against the Raiders, I think bodes well for the chances to win late. Uh, so I like them on the money line. Look, the team in the Niners have the most, like they have the court, they have more quarterbacks. Like when you start talking about the quarterback depth, you've got three guys yeah. who are, you know, you obviously Brock Purdy's not going to play, but you have like Trey Lance and, and Sam Darnold who are going to um, 
be aggressively trying to look good and trying to win this QB two job. And it matters. And like the coaching staff wants them to play well. So I, I think that makes sense. Um, I, I want to talk about Denver for a second. And if anybody has a hot take on the San Francisco quarterback battle or, uh, or anything else, by all means jump in. But the thing about Denver while researching this podcast and picking up like notes from the preseason games and all that, you know, like I'm trying to figure out like, all right, how much is Sean Payton going to play Russ, but even four, four series last game, how much is he going to play him uh, in, in week, uh, in week two. And I come across a headline on technically SI.com sports illustrated.com, the magazine, the sports magazine of record for basically everyone's <laughs> friggin' childhood. Uh, this is like fan nations. So I don't know how much it counts, but it's like Russell Wilson's preseason debut triggers laughable take from CBS mm. sports. And I was like, oh, that's probably me. And yes, yeah, sure <laughs> enough, it was me. I read an article after the rust, rust, the rust, the first, um, the first performance. It was like, is Russ wa wash? And I wasn't saying Russ is washed. It was just like, I didn't think Russ looked that great personally in the first uh, week of the preseason. I thought that there were many things that you could nitpick about him. And like, I, you know, I was, I said, he didn't step into a lot of throws. He didn't, he was under a lot of pressure. Arizona was blitzing. They were yeah. being really aggressive. I thought his feet looked kind of lethargic in the pocket. I thought that he looked a little tentative. And I thought that when people were like, Oh, like he really got that throw in there. It's like, it's wide open. It was schemed wide open. The Jerry Judy was like on a, you know, it's a cover zero blitz. And you can just threw a slant to Jerry Judy. You house it like, congratulations. I'm glad you got that slant out against cover zero in the preseason. Russ, I'm sorry. I didn't puff him up. I was hyped. <laughs> I was hyping Russ all, all preseason. And then I get bagged by SI.com for saying, I don't know, man. I didn't think it was that great. JLC, um, you've long, I've seen you and Pete Prisco go toe to toe to the point that we scared off a birthday party at St. Elmo's. Somebody's birthday party. Oh. We scared off a whole table of people for their birthday party because Pete screamed about Matt Ryan. You're screaming about Russell Wilson. This is back in like 2015. But I'm curious. That's a long time a long ago. Russell Wilson stand. What, what do you think about accounts and stuff like that back then? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. We were. Days. I feel like, yeah. I feel Frisco, like, yeah. not only an I. Not, not, yeah. Yeah. Not not only yeah, no, I'm curious to see about Russ too though. We went eye to eye, and neither one of us neither one of us cleared the kids' table. We were still <laughs> under the <laughs> we were still under the table. Um, look, I, I'm on the sidelines on this one. I, I need to I need to see more of this whole Denver thing. Um, I, I don't even want to make a five dollar bet on this one. The thing that I'm most mm. intrigued about in this game is the conspiracy theory out there that Kyle Shanahan's trying to get Trey Lance killed, which I, <laughs> I find myself I um, know. like oddly sort of, I, I find myself compelled. Like I, I like, I found myself like going back and rewatching a little bit, like not a lot, but like a little bit when it was on the other night for the 15th time on NFL network, like, hmm, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Is he sending a message to this guy? kid and getting him pummeled by having him throw behind an offensive line that didn't really seem uh too interested in protecting him i, I don't know i don't think he's trying to get him killed i'll just I'll, I'll go ahead and say that i have read those conspiracy theories as well and uh i read one that said that um that shanahan is purposely trying um to make sure that trey lance isn't the starter and for me i'm just like it 
if Trey Lance was good and was the starter, that would make everything good in San Francisco because that's exactly what they wanted when they drafted him. So it doesn't make sense. But anyways, that's neither here nor yeah, there. If people, uh, if people, if people were like, how can you start Brock Purdy over Trey Lance? He's been so great. He's been fantastic. That would be the best problem in the world. And that's the oppo problem that they have. Yeah. Yes. Uh, prop stars, Alex. Princeton, how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm fired up. I'm just. I'm curious yeah, what I'm, you think about this game, either and either quarterback, and how it affects sort of whether it's this game or the futures for the for either of these teams. Yeah, so I'm interested to see. I think we're going to see a better Trey Lance coming off the bench, or excuse me, starting the second half, playing against more twos and threes. I think there's going to be uh, less pressure on him there. I think he's going to perform better. I think Sam Darnold at this stage is kind of more equipped right now to run the offense. I just think there's more confidence in Shanahan uh, when it comes to Darnold. So I, I do like the switch in kind of going to Trey Lance in the second half. I think that's going to kind of add to his confidence, uh, potentially help him there. And then, yeah, I as far as Russell's concerned uh, in that week one performance looked a lot more like the guy we saw last year than the perennial MVP candidate that we saw in Seattle. I really think kind of overhauling the culture in Denver. We need to see Russ uh, start to look like the guy that we saw uh, back in Seattle. So it's important for him to sort of get some reps here and look good. Yeah, Russ has got a little pressure on him. Uh, a lot of pressure as well. And I think I would lean with Emory where you take San Francisco uh, in this spot because of the quarterbacks. Maybe Denver first half um, if the Broncos were mm. desperate to uh, to try and score and make Russ look good. Clearly, Sean Payton felt that was important uh, last week. Also important for the Tennessee Titans to figure out who their quarterback number two is. Fascinating battle between Malik Willis um, and Will Levis. It's really like a it's like Pete Prisco's uh, you know, the angel devil on his shoulders because he dogged Willis uh, last year and he propped up Levis. He's like, well, well, Levis can go number one overall. Whoops, Pete. Uh, Emery, I'm curious. <laughs> I, think, I think you can make the case very, very easily that Malik Willis is ahead of Will Levis right now based on last week's game and on camp. And, and like, I don't think, but I think people thought coming into the preseason, coming into the all, like after the draft, Will Levis was going to be QB2. It was like, can Willis make the roster? I think Willis is ahead of him. What do you think? <laughs> Listen, we can get into a deep dive on this in February, uh, but there's no <laughs> surprise that people that look like Willis, play like Willis, always get shortchanged if they don't mm. come out and win a Super Bowl right away. We saw Lamar Jackson, despite him leading his oh, team yeah. to the playoffs in the eight games. Oh, well, they have to – we don't know about him. We saw this with Cam Newton. We've seen it already with Justin Fields, despite him having better numbers than Daniel Jones, and Daniel Jones getting paid, but Justin Fields, we got to see. We see this all the time. It shouldn't have been a surprise that Willis is ahead of Levis because he's better than Levis. And so for mm. me, it's just that people are so quick to give up on quarterbacks like Willis uh, if they don't come out and win a Super Bowl. You see how quick people have thrown away Russell Wilson after one down season as if nothing in Seattle counted that he was you know, good at. So I am not surprised. Actually, <laughs> it's far for the course. I expect it to be that way. But for this game in particular, using my thoughts and analysis for San Francisco is why I like Tennessee on the money line. You have two mm. competing quarterbacks. Levis had a drive going, and had he put a little bit more accuracy on a play before the interception, it would have been a touchdown. Even Levis came out and said, man, that over route was going to be a touchdown if I would have just hit him right in the numbers and the guy didn't have to reach out for it and dropped it. So I feel like you're going to get stable quarterback play consistently from both guys throughout the game. So I like Tennessee on the money line. 
I, I don't know. Post it. I watched a lot of that game on um, on Saturday. They, and man, like you know, it's weird. You sit down to watch all these preseason games. You're like, hell yeah, football! And you get like about like 15 minutes in, you're like, oh my god, this is just terrible. <laughs> like what? I, I mean, I'm I'm gonna watch it, but man, this and like the preseason DFS stuff is great. I'm gonna play some tonight in that in the, in the game. We'll talk about in a minute. Uh, Prop stars, you've got a uh, Oppa bet here uh, versus Emory, and I would have to guess that it might involve the stinky, stinky Tennessee defense and the even stinkier, stinkier Tennessee offensive line. Yeah, indeed, Brinson. Yeah, I think the wrong team is favored here. Personally, obviously, I do think it is close, but I like Minnesota as a home dog here. Uh, I thought Nick Mullins played well in week one. You should get the majority of the snaps in this game. I was really impressed with running back Ty Chandler as well. I think he's going to earn meaningful snaps behind Alexander Madison. Titans just have a lot of young guys trying to figure it out right now. Minnesota, they're a little more veteran-laden team at this point, and I think they shouldn't be the underdogs here. The Titans were sacked eight times by the Bears in week one. They're not exactly known for their defense or a ferocious pass rush either. I think this offensive line might be one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL this season. I think it's going to be a major problem all year for Tennessee. So, yeah, I like Minnesota in this spot as a home dog. All right, moving on. Uh, we're going to look at the Bucks and the Jets. Obviously, another quarterback situation or battle will be the Buccaneers. Uh, nobody's got a bet on this game, but Kyle Trask should start based on Todd Bowles' comments before the preseason began with Baker Mayfield coming in for relief. John Wolford could get a majority of the action again. I mean, he had 17 attempts in week one. Baker had nine. KT had 10. JLC, Baker can probably lock up the starting job um, with either a bad KT performance or a good outing. What's your take on this battle? Um, JLC. I think Baker Mayfield will probably – oh, you guys hear me? I think Baker Mayfield will probably prevail early, but I think the Bucks are going to be, in, even in that weak division, in a situation where it becomes pretty clear – that there's not a chalice uh, out there for them in 2023. And then the directive is going to kind of come down to, hey, well, we need to look at Kyle Trask because we're, we're going to be firmly, um, we think, probably uh, potentially in that Caleb Williams sweepstakes. So let's just lean into that and let's see what the kid can do versus Baker Mayfield, who could any given Sunday, Thursday, Monday mess around and win us a game. Um, but I think Baker probably comes into the season. I think if Baker gets to play – the second half, like this is a game I might, I might live bet at halftime if it looks like Baker's going to come in against the Jets and it's somewhat close. Um, I'm most intrigued here. Just like I can't wait to hear Aaron Rodgers' scouting report on Hard Knocks next week <laughs> on the offensive line. Like I hope he's sitting there with a tablet and he's grading each play in real time and and right and he's sending it right to Woody Johnson's phone and it's like bench kill marry this offensive <laughs> lineman and in real time he's getting dudes fired like they don't know it yet right but he's pressing buttons on the sidelines with the cap on and these cats are getting their pink slip two days later when everybody comes back into the facility like that's what i'm here for that's the content i want and need um yeah he did his own research on what he puts in his body he did his own research on what team he wants to go to he did his own research on which useless bobo he wants to be his offensive coordinator apparently he did <laughs> no research on the offensive line he's shocked He's shocked that they don't have anybody who can block him. He's stunned. Didn't see it coming. All right. Fade the Jets. Oh, fade the Jets. Yeah, I'm high on the Jets. I know I'm the only one. Emery uh, and Brinson are not as well. Prop stars, you know, this could be – 
you know, it seems like it could be a Todd Bowles revenge game. It's his first game against his former team. Of course, he coached the Jets from 2015 to revenge games! Yes! Except, Brinson, except, you know, Tampa Bay doesn't seem to care too much about preseason wins. Bowles is 0-7 and straight up and against the spread in his last seven preseason games. In fact, dating back uh, to the Jets' final season. So maybe it's a Todd Bowles thing. Some coaches care more than others. We do know that John Harbaugh cares about wins in the preseason. Uh, Jets minus 2.5. Any thoughts on this game? Yeah, I think it's going to be tough sledding for this Tampa Bay offense. I I have no doubt that Bowles will have this Tampa defense playing well, fired up. But yeah, just looking across the offense, Russell Gage out for the season. If you look at this depth chart uh, after Mike Williams, Chris Godwin, there is just not a lot of depth on this Tampa Bay offense. Also, could not run the ball whatsoever last year. Averaged 75 rushing yards per game. That was nearly 12 yards uh, fewer than the team that was 29th in rushing. So I just have so many question marks. Uh, for this Tampa Bay offense heading into the season already with significant injuries. I think it's going to be a really, really long year. I just think this offense is really going to struggle to score points all year. Yeah, um, I I actually think I would be considering putting a bet on the Jets here, um, Mm -hmm. knowing that, and like, just as, I mean, not not that I totally disagree with JLC's idea that if Baker comes in at halftime, it it would change things. But I, I almost think, if Kyle Trask plays – so, like, the Jets, if you sort of look at what they did in week three of the preseason last year, and I know it's week two, but this is their third preseason game, and, you know, they they played their guys in the Hall of Fame game. Like, Zach, Zach, Will, Zach Wilson should get some run in this game. I mean, uh, Mike White, 13-17 against the Giants last year in that third preseason game. Um, Flacco had 12, uh, 12 – like, they, like, they threw the ball a bunch. I'm not saying they're necessarily going to do it like this, but, like, Bam Knight was running. I think you'll see those running backs get some run – against Tampa Bay because they now that they signed Dalvin Cook or Michael Carter, Jonathan Knight, and um Igobala, is it God, did I mess it up? How did I what Abanacanda. Abanacanda. Yeah. Israel Abanacanda. Sorry. I even wrote it down and like was I've used him in DFS. Like I plan to use him in DFS. But like I don't know if all three of those guys are definitely making the roster, which means and Abanacanda's run really well so far this preseason. So it'd be curious to see if they like run all three of those guys out there and this is like the next two weeks is a Dalvin's on the team. Which one of you guys is not going to be type of situation? Uh, as Prop Stars mentioned, Russell Gage is out, and all of a sudden your depth is a little limited for Tampa Bay. So maybe you want to scale back the amount of playing time you get for Godwin and Evans because one of those dudes gets hurt, and all of a sudden your offense is bare bones with Baker. And I think if I think that like the Kyle Trask Baker thing, like if Kyle Trask doesn't play really well in the first half, this thing's over. Like it doesn't. It's 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 over. It's probably over right now. So I think I think I like New York as a uh, as a as a bet here. Tonight's game. I mentioned I was going to play some DFS on it. Yeah. I'll play some Abana Canna. What I, I'm sorry, Israel. I butchered your last name. I apologize. Uh, if you're listening to the Pixies like Pod, I'm sure you're a big like fan. A yeah. <laughs> I know, right? I don't I don't know what I was doing. Um, <laughs> Browns and Eagles. Talking about quarterback battles, the Browns QB2 battle is a little spicy. And you can say, well, they don't need to worry about their quarterback, too. Well, I disagree. Deshaun Watson's missed plenty of time for various reasons. ACLs, lots of other stuff over the past few years. So who knows knows where he could go? (laughs) Um, Dorian Thompson Robinson getting the start here, Emery. Uh, The Browns catching three and a half from the Eagles. Any interest in this game and that quarterback situation? Yeah, uh, DTR is approaching America's quarterback status. And when you go back and look at who has reached that, you have, you know, Jameis Winston, you have Taylor Heineke, you have Chris Strebler for a minute, you have guys that just perform well in the preseason and uh, really just elevate their status. And he's played exceptionally well. 
to where he has put Kellen Mond on notice that, hey, man, you have to either ship up or ship out. And because I like the depth that they have with that quarterback room over there in um, in Cleveland, I'm going to take them plus three and a half points. I will also include them on a money line play uh, in my mm. preseason parlay because I feel like DTR is playing these games like Pac-12 after dark. They are never out of it. It's been fun to watch. I think the rain killed them last weekend in Washington. and uh, But this week we should get good conditions. I think they'll go out there and win that game. Yeah, I'm actually really interested uh, in the Eagles uh, running back situation, looking at kind of how their depth chart is playing out. I think it's very unlikely they go into the season with five running backs. You've got uh, Penny, Rashad Penny, DeAndre Swift, Kenneth Gainwell. Those three are guaranteed roster spots. And then you have Trey Sermon, who's got a ton of buzz uh, throughout training camp uh, going against Boston Scott. I know Trey Sermon, who I, I, always in San Francisco, uh, always, you know, hearing about how he was going to make a big impact. But yeah, a lot of buzz, not a lot of production. But the Eagles seem to really like Trey Sermon. They seem to think he's going to be sort of a short yardage goal line back. Boston Scott has had a quietly a good career as an Eagle. He's been incredibly productive against the Giants two times a year. So it's hard for me to imagine the Eagles carrying five running backs and then putting uh, sticking Boston Scott on the practice squad. But Trey Sermon certainly getting a lot of buzz. I'll be paying very close attention to that running back depth chart and this game. I think we're able to answer some of those questions tonight. That's a great point. Um, I, I actually think like I wanted to bring up the Eagles running backs, but then like I, I get PTSD because Trey Sermon has cost me no less than like thirty thousand dollars <laughs> in best ball entries over the past like five oh, years no. and and in general. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, and 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 in fantasy, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't want to talk about him anymore. But yes, you're right, Trey Sermon. <laughs> I love Trey Sermon. He's gonna have a breakout year when I have nothing to do with him. I'm sure. All right, let's take a break. When we come back. Bryce Young got beat up in week one. How will the Panthers offensive line hold up in week two of the preseason? We'll tell you next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is big time college ball. They're going to come. We're going to come. Two big boys getting ready to play. Big being the operative word here. And here they come. The Carolina Panthers got Bryce Young out on the field in week one. And I thought Bryce Young looked really good. If you're just evaluating what he did, his footwork was great. He ran through his progressions, which was even like, the, like really well, which is even more impressive given that he was under siege. Uh, Bryce Huff got a lick on him. Jermaine Johnson got a lick on him. Shel uh, Solomon Thomas got a lick on him. Everybody got a lick on Bryce Young. He still got some passes off. Um, and I think, you know, you don't like to see a guy get hit, but there's like this weird, like Bryce Young needs to take some shots. That's what we need to see in week one. Bryce, can Bryce Young survive a football hit? It's like, yeah, dude. He can survive being hit. He's a football, like a football player. He went first overall. He's not like a, he's not like a tiny little, he's not like, like a, from 30 rock, remember like avian bird syndrome? Like he doesn't have like, like bird bones. He's not going to get, he's not going to die because he takes a hit. Uh, Alex, I'm curious. 
this Carolina offensive line. What are your thoughts on um, maybe this week, uh, what, it, what it means for them, um, you know, for the long haul and, and how much concern you have with, like, you know, Bryce Young Futures and, and how they'll look this week? Yeah, I have some concerns. I would agree with you, Brinson. He did. If we're just judging uh, Young uh, outside of the supporting cast, I thought he did play pretty well, all things considered, under siege for m- much of those snaps that he was on the field. But yeah, just looking at the supporting cast for Bryce Young, that's where I think it's going to be really problematic heading into the season. Adam Thielen cannot separate at this stage of his career. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be in the league next year, personally. DJ Char can't stay on the field. And then we're counting on a rookie and Jonathan Mingo to sort of serve as the number one wide receiver. Uh, so I just think it's going to be tough sledding for Bryce Young. Offensive line uh, definitely looks like it needs to uh, play with a little more uh, continuity, and they're just a ways away. So, yeah, I think it's going to be tough for Bryce Young, especially early in the season uh, as they kind of uh, get going and sort of develop him. By the way, I would point out that I'm I'm playing the under 39 on this game. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Josie. I would, I, I, if I was going to do anything here, I might do the under as well. Um, you know, the, the mm-hmm. Giants are playing some people at skill position players that I don't at skill positions. I don't think have any future in this league. And if blitzing is no longer taboo in the preseason, <laughs> and it seemed to be all the rage in yeah. what I guess is technically week two because the Hall of Fame game is week one, then nobody blitzes more on this planet than Wink Martindale. And so if that's allowed now and he wants to get his yayas out and test a rookie quarterback right here who got, you know, if he wants to make some of his D linemen and linebackers feel good about themselves watching the tape from last week, then yeah, if I was doing anything here, I, I might lean into the under. I, I, I want to say I'm looking forward to seeing in this game, Jay Sean Corbin, a running back from the Giants who led the team in rushing last game against Detroit he had a 33 yard run and finished with three carries for 40 yards. He earned more time with the starters this week. This was someone that was on their practice squad all last year, um, hung around, stayed on the team, stayed on the practice squad, put in a lot of work, great Florida State running back. So I'm excited to see what he does with these new opportunities because there was a lot of hate coming my way last year because I had him as my number one back. So I am excited <laughs> to see how he does this game after, what do you know, leading the team in rushing last weekend, Based off one mm-hmm. carry. Mm-hmm. One thing, uh, Emory. I'm JLC knows. level petty. I love that pettiness from JLC. <laughs> That's why I rock with him. <laughs> I love petty. All right, guys, let's look at the, the next matchup here Bears versus Colts. Uh, Colts petty lost 23 to 19. Yeah, it is petty. Uh, 23 to 19 at Bills in preseason week one. Anthony Richardson was seven of 12, 67 yards, zero points in three drives um, of the preseason. But apparently it was still good enough for the organization to name him as the starting quarterback for the franchise this year. JLC, was this the right move for the Colts? We know that you uh, like to refer to uh, Jim Irsay as the honky tonk man. Uh, And also how much, how many reps do you think we're going to get from the rookie? Yes. In week two. There was only one song the Hunky Tonk Man was going to strum on one one of his many illustrious guitars from his collection, and that was Anthony Richardson is my starter. I mean that I said it the moment they drafted him. I mean like that, that this guy was going to play day one. Like there's no doubt about it. Uh, the owner was going to fall in love with him. The owner doesn't care about Gardner Minshew or anything else. Um, the owner pulled Sam Ellinger off the whatever scout team and had him start games in the NFL last year. No football person in that building 
wanted anything to do with that decision. I had anything to do with that decision. So if he's doing stuff like that in the middle of the season and then he's taking this kid as high as he did with as little of a, of a playing field resume as he has, yeah, he's going to play. And he doesn't care about this year. He doesn't care how many games they win or lose. And, and you'll hear the narrative, oh, well, I watched Peyton Manning take his lumps and go 3-13 and, and, you know, uh, Marshall Falk looked at him like he was crazy. And are you the same guy you were at Tennessee and all that? And then we went on and we won our Super Bowl and all that stuff. So that's where the owner's mind is. And that's all that matters in that organization because the owner does whatever he wants, unfettered with no checks and balances. And everybody else, you know, is just there to be part of the puppet master's plan. So, yeah, yeah, he was going to start. I mean, unless he got hurt, he's going to start. and He's going to start every game. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Um, so if you're looking at Colts futures, I would bake that into the cake. Um, now look, maybe, maybe, maybe the kid comes in and takes the lead by storm. I, I don't know. Uh, but he's gonna play. Yeah. I don't know how much you're gonna play in these preseason games because again, they already know he's the starter. So how much do you really need to look at it here? Uh, but no, none of this surprises me. This is quintessential honky tonk man. <laughs> quintessential honky tonk man Offstars, you're laying the three and a half with the Colts uh so your belief in the honky tonk man and the rookie must be high it is high, Katie. Yeah, I just think this is a spot where the Colts want this game a little bit more. We're also going to see uh, the Colts have a lot of important positional battles that need to occur here. I think we might see a lot of Anthony Richardson in this game. I am super high on his long-term outlook. Don't know what it's going to look like right away, but I think he's going to immediately make a huge impact as a dual-threat quarterback. To me, he's one of the most athlete, impressive athletes that ever played the quarterback position in NFL history also no Jonathan Taylor away from the team also dealing with the ankle injury holdout potentially looming as well so we still need to see how that running back depth chart is going to play out behind him Evan Hall and Deion Jackson are vying for touches on the Colts running back depth chart there and then Sam Ellinger and Gardner Minshew are both viable backup quarterbacks at the very least so regardless of who's playing quarterback I do think that there is an advantage there uh looking at this sort of trio this carousel of quarterbacks uh for the Colts I think they're all productive especially when we're looking at they're going to be opposed by PJ Walker and Nathan Peterman who are Justin Fields backups in this game so yeah I think the Colts are going to we'll see a lot of Anthony Richardson and then I don't think there's a big drop off when uh we see um, Ellinger and uh, Gardner Minshew take the field either. And one of the things, too, with the Colts, like if you look back at that Bears-Titans game, I mean, the Bears scored their two – I think they scored – what, they scored 24 points in week one against the Titans, like 24 to 17, I think was the final, or 23-17. 14 of those points came on two very short Justin Fields passes that were housed by D.J. Moore and Khalil Herbert that really, if you had a good defense, they're stopped – And Tennessee had plenty of opportunity to score points. Like if any kind of constructive offense is put together, any sort of protection for those guys, any sort of non-dumbass mistakes are made, Tennessee should have won that game pretty handily. And so I kind of like that look. Um, uh, But Justin Fields, look, the Bears – I don't think the Bears mind at all, Emery, seeing Justin Fields getting out there, playing well, that, you know, it's stupid, but when – you know, because we're like, we're, don't read too much into the preseason. Then we watch preseason. We're like, oh my god! Like, let's you know, like it's <laughs> it's so easy to read into it. I mean, but like Justin Fields didn't have to throw very far, didn't throw down the field, but the Bears score in their first two possessions, and it just gets everybody in a good frame yeah. of mind, makes everybody feel good about Chicago. Uh, what do you expect to see from Fields in this one? Do you think they'll sort of do something similar, or maybe kind of let him rip it downfield to show people that he can, in fact, get vertical? I just think that they're just trying to put together productive offense and. 
we we already like we know Justin Fields can play ball. And mm. the problem for the Bears last year and this year, you notice the whole smoke of the short passes took over the entire weekend and narrative talking about fields and yards per air yards, all that nonsense, whatever. But quiet has kept the Bears defense needs to have that smoke on them. That's yeah. going to be the question mark this season. So I, I know Justin Fields could play. Some people out there may have to see it, you know, see it before they saw it already. But we already know he's talented. So that's not a question. Whether or not this Bears defense can stop anybody or get pressure, let's see if they can put together back-to-back performances of getting pressure on the QB. To me, that's where the smoke needs to be. And everybody loves Gardner Minshew until he gets out there and plays. He's not good. That's the biggest thing about it. Oh, one more thing. thing. Everybody wants to make it about Jonathan Taylor. The reason why we keep screaming Jonathan Taylor is because when you pair an athletic quarterback with a great tailback, greatness happens. They're going to have ridiculous Mm -hmm. yards carry average. Chris Johnson, Warwick Dunn. And there's a reason. But when you have the athletic quarterback, any back is going to be solid in that regard. People think Gus, and it's not a it's not a knock. I'm not saying this is hate. This is just straight talk. People think Gus Edwards is elite. No, he just plays next to Lamar Jackson. You put Gus yeah. Edwards on any other team that doesn't have Lamar Jackson or a guy like Lamar Jackson, he's averaging three and a half yards a carry. With Lamar Jackson, he's averaging five yards a carry. But you think if you put a great back with that guy, great things will happen. Yeah, it's interesting when you say about the defense, because I feel like for so long, uh, Chicago's identity was their defense, and that's going to be something that's their problem um, this year. Moving on to the next game, Bengals versus Falcons. Bengals, excuse me, bagels. I would like a bagel. Bengals are (laughs) six and a half point dogs uh, against Atlanta. Yeah, it would. It would. I got these not to divert here. I will get into no, this. No, no, but I got, no. We I got, got plenty of time. Like low, nothing to cover. <laughs> I, I got these low carb bagels um, and I kept yeah. reading reviews and everyone said they taste like bagels. They do not taste like bagels <laughs> and I'm not going to trash the brand. But so maybe that's why I've got bagels <laughs> on the brain. Not to divert 2.0, but um, this is just like yeah. a hot take. That what I think what do they taste like? Napkins? <laughs> Cardboard, cardboard. It yeah. tastes like cardboard. Yeah. You know what an underrated condiment is? And I love it. And if people don't talk about it as a condiment, I love using it on a bagel with turkey and lettuce, tomato. A little, a little, a little slat, a little, uh, not dollop, like a little swath of hummus. On that. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah though that's Cream good. cheese, obviously like also- great in that spot too, with the bagel and the turkey and the, and whatnot. But yeah. I mean, yeah. So you're, you're doing like a, a sandwich, like a, a daytime sandwich with the bacon. A daytime sandwich, yeah. Because, I mean, it's really more lunchtime than it is like – Now, like if you're doing yeah. a if you're doing like a bacon, egg, and cheese, then I want like an herby, uh, herby cream cheese like on that mm. as well with the bagel. Oh, okay. Yeah. I will say for a sandwich, I do like a little Chick-fil-A sauce. Mm. You know, you can get them now at Target. Ooh, That's sure. really good. Anyways, talking about the Bengals, <laughs> they're six-and-a-half-point dogs against Atlanta. This line suggests that since he will not be playing their starters, they have lost five of the last six preseason games, including the 36 to 19 loss to the Packers in week one. But they are four and oh against the spread in their last four road preseason games. JLC, you are taking the points with Cincy. I am. I think this is an overreaction to the Green Bay game, which I loved Green Bay in that spot last week. Um, and I like Green Bay a lot this week as well that we'll get to. But, like, Tre- Trevor Simeon has been in the league for a while. Like, I don't think Trevor Simeon's 
going to pee down his leg against Atlanta's backups. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I like some of what I saw from from the Bengals. Uh, we we know that they lost their safeties. I really like Dax Hill, and again, I'm not sure how much he's going to play in this game. But I, I just am not really buying the Falcons in in general. Um, I don't know if they play Ritter more here. If they do, I'm totally fine with that. I, I think um, he'll make a mistake or two. And I just you look at some of these spreads. You, you you look at how close these games usually are, and how much of a coin flip they are. And to me, this screams out more like, oh, well, you know, the Bengals kind of sort of got blown out last week. And so this is one of the heavier spreads in the league. Um, I'm, I'm just – I like Cincinnati to keep this game a little bit close. I like Cincinnati's depth and some key spots a little more than Atlanta's. Um, and, again, if, if it is a whole lot of, of Simeon, if Simeon plays the first half, I think Simeon will lead a couple of scoring drives. Yeah, the one thing I'd be a little curious here. I, I don't. I think I think you're probably right in terms of the overreaction, and like we don't. I don't think we're going to see a ton from the Falcons. I mean, the Falcons put up 19 points against the Dolphins last week. Like they're not. This is just. I don't think it's a Falcons offense that's interested in being high flying. Desmond Ritter probably not going to see a ton of action. It could be Logan Logan Woodside the entire time again. Um, they just didn't play their starters uh, last week at all. The the one thing I worry about is. Even with Simeon, like, is are they worried? I don't know. Like, people are like, should they be worried about their backup quarterback being healthy? That's like the only thing I worry about. So I mean, but but I agree with you. I think it's probably an overreaction. That's a huge spread for a preseason line. Um, I'm not going to take the Falcons. I am going to take a look at the Dolphins and the mm. Texans game though, because CJ mm. Stroud here. I've been high on the Texans. CJ Stroud, a lot of good, a lot of bad against the Patriots. I tend to think that there's a case, Alex that it wasn't all C.J. Stroud, although his footwork was choppy at best. He didn't really set his feet well. He looked certainly perplexed by some of the defenses he saw. But it may have been a factor of the protection wasn't great, and Bill Belichick appeared to be kind of a jerk in terms of what he was throwing at C.J. Stroud in the preseason. Belichick, look, I mean, like, Belichick, like, kind of, you know, people talking about his job a little bit. I don't think he would mind a free win. You throw some junk, like a, a fake nickels, like, or fake quarters package with, like, a safety creeping down on, on C.J. Stroud, you're probably going to get an easy interception. And um, he did that. So you, you were kind of interested here in the Texans laying three against the Miami Dolphins in the Laramie Tunsil revenge game. Uh, I am indeed, Brinson. Yeah, I just, I've been quietly behind the scenes waiting for this Texans team, kind of secretly hoping this Texans team was finally kind of pointed in the right direction. I am officially ready to anoint this Texans team in the right direction. I think they're going to be competitive. I think they're going to win six to seven games, which is a big improvement for them. Uh, I just think they're significantly improved roster across the board. I really like the draft. I like the offseason as, as, as well. I think they're trying to build culture there as well. I like the QB situation as as well, I think Davis Mills, Case Keenum, both very solid players. Both played one, play, played very well in week one. Both had passer ratings over 100 as well. Both have extensive starting experience in the NFL. That's something I like. I was also improved, impressed with Houston's defense in week one uh, against New England. They completely stymied the Patriots offense. They only held them to 180 yards. I think they can find success against a combination of Mike White, Skylar Thompson uh, this week. So, yeah, I've just been generally encouraged with everything that I've heard uh, from this Texas team I really think that culture is starting to improve there and they're going to be competitive this year I think this game means more to them than it means uh, to Miami which is a reason that I think it's a good spot to back the Texans 
Emery, uh, you know, this is a fun one for me because we've got Mike McDaniels versus D'Amico Ryans. Uh, how aggressive do you think either coach is going to be given that they're friends and work together with the Niners? Well, if you looked at last weekend's game with the Texans defense and how aggressive they got after the quarterback as well, I, I feel, feel as though they're going to get after you know Mike White and company this week also. And when you factor in, oh, we work together, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna kind of, I want to best you. Um, in college, we used to call it <laughs> beat me last. Um, you're only mm -hmm. good as your last game, no matter what it is. Uh, Madden or whatnot, NBA Live. If I beat you, I don't care if you beat me a hundred times. If I beat you last. Beat me last. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think you have that going on, and I, we'll see a lot of that. You know, within these two, uh, within this game, we may even see a trick play. Uh, oh yeah, McDaniel's trick play. Line. Or or on Ryan's side, you know, because, hey, we want to – Bill Walsh once said the best trick play is the first trick play because now it puts mm. you on edge the rest of the game. Um, so we'll we'll see how crazy you get in the preseason. But I expect the Texans – because when you're trying to develop a mindset or a culture, you want to yeah. play how – you, you want to practice how you're going to play. So I expect them to be getting after it uh, in this ball game. That's going to be a fun one to watch. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. Coming up, there are eight I'm gonna watch this game. games – with a gas yes. mask on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch this game with a gas mask on. With my wallet <laughs> far away. I'm just, yeah. That's how I roll. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We are going to take a quick break here. Uh, coming up, we got eight preseason, ga preseason games left. Uh, we've got a bet for each of them. That's next. Keep it locked. Woo. Driving into the stadium, seeing everybody tailgating. I get that ready-to-go feeling. You know, to walk through the fan section over there and see that many people excited about football. So I'm really looking forward to it. You get away from football for a little bit and then you start missing it. You get that itch again. For me, that first catch is everything. Once I get one catch, I'm in the zone. Getting back to football. We can't wait. Can't wait. We can't wait. We can't wait. All right, welcome back on the Pick 6 Podcast. We have a full house today previewing week two of the NFL preseason. Brinson, Mox, JLC, Emery, and Prop Stars. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button for us. Uh, all right, y'all, it's time to bet the rest, starting with the Battle of the Big Cats. And by the way, anybody just jump in here if you have um, some analysis that you would yeah, like, like to we, like, Everybody's yeah. got... Everybody's got like one bet on each one, but if somebody has like something yeah. pressing that they want to add on to yes. it, throw your hand up yes. and dive in. But we got, we're, we, Mox and I are like determined that we're like, we're <laughs> going to keep this under X amount of minutes and we're like kind of yeah. on track. So we're, yes. Exactly. I'm proud and of I us. Do Dave Davis. Yeah, I, I know I am too. I was worried about the five people that we were going to be able to keep this. And the uh, 16 games. Yeah. And the 16 games. Plus it's me. a lot. And we even talked about bagels. Yeah, I know. It's great. Bagels. All right. Uh, that yeah well it don't don't order the low carb bagels guys that's what i just say it tastes like cardboard i mean maybe if you put a lot of toppings on it like the hummus and the turkey and the lettuce then you don't really care about the bread but if you're just doing like a bagel with schmear or a bagel with butter the low carb ones are not the way I, by the way are. just a quick breakfast trick i had a delicious breakfast this morning made it myself a quinoa scramble Quinoa with some oh. black beans, some little uh, little green peppers, some spinach, and then uh, scrambled some eggs and then toss that quinoa in there. Woo! Oh. Good. Very healthy. I Feeling like really, very you refreshed. Do, you do a lot with quinoa, though. I do a lot with quinoa. I know. Well. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> I do. I, it's oh, mostly because my mom calls it quinoa, and it drives me nuts. So I just, I like, I keep, like to point out, mom, it's quinoa. Mm -hmm. Anywho. Uh, 
Joe Musso has got a little bit of a, a troll for you on there. As mentioned, a small batch of bourbon company minus 205, which actually I think that's a <laughs> good bet. Pretty good bet. Um, all right, guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you won yeah, your bet. Yeah. You won your bet, Musa. There, Chattanooga whiskey. Go check it out. <laughs> I love that. All right, uh, battle of the big cats here: Jags versus Lions. Uh, Jags are what a field goal favorite. Total thirty nine and a half. Princeton, the joint practice got a little chippy between these two, which I'm sure excited you. Doug Peterson said focus is on the back end of the roster, so the Jags are not going to be playing their starters. You are grabbing the three points with the Lions. Yeah, and um, it looks like it could move. It's oh, hello! It's actually up to four today on uh, on, on DraftKings, which is very interesting because Jameson Williams on Thursday was ruled out for the rest of the preseason. Remember, he uh, he came up, he he left practice, came up limp um, after in week one of the preseason. Dan Quinn said he was going to quote douse him with targets. He got seven targets, caught two balls, didn't look great. Uh, Jameson going to be suspended six weeks. They wanted to get him as much preseason reps as they could because he won't be playing in the regular season. Um, this is line is like Jags minus four minus one Oh eight. So like it, 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 it was just, it was my, it was plus one fifteen last night. I think you catch the, I don't, I'm not worried about the JMO thing affecting that much. I'll take the extra point here. If you read Doug Peterson's comments, now Nathan Rourke is a problem. He might wing the ball around and make the plays of the preseason again. Um, but I think that you're going to see the Jaguars really. Fo- Again, he said we're going to we're not we're going to focus on the back end of the roster, and I just don't think they're going to be as as uh, as aggressive in terms of playing their guys. So I'm going to take the Detroit. I'm going to take Detroit plus plus the four because I got a free point four. as of today. Yeah, four. I I'd say that's one where you're like, I'm glad I'm getting the extra point, but I don't like the fact yes. that it moved a whole point after I made my yes. pick in the opposite direction because that makes me think yes. somebody else knows something I don't. I feel like in preseason, though, it is good to kind of follow the money, too, because the Sharps have much more information uh, than we do about these things. So if you do see a lot of line moves, it is uh, you know good to pay attention to that. But, uh, you know, well, the Jameson Williams thing legitimately, like if he hadn't gotten hurt, they were going to feed him as much as possible to try and get him all these reps and get him all these targets. And against the you know Jaguar secondary that will be willing to you know, backups and willing to give up points like there's a decent chance he caught a long bomb. And it's like when you got an over under 39 and a half, there's a, you know, it's, it's just not that hard to, to, to flip, the, flip it like that. So I think Jameson Williams is probably worth a whole point to a preseason game. Agree. Bills and Steelers. He said, yeah. reading the rundown. Uh, Emery, the, <laughs> the Bills, uh, the Bills, I know, I know. I was like, I was like, why isn't anyone talking? The Bills catching two and a half <laughs> actually down to, uh, whoa, the Bills were the, oh, this is flipped completely. The Bills are now favored really? by two. The Bills are favored by two. Um, look, we we put this, you know, we didn't we didn't slap this together this morning, folks. We're prepared. Uh, and Emory huh. had taken the Bills on the money line. They were plus one twenty. Um, so I mean, you took about plus one twenty. We'll grade it as such. Uh, but worth noting that the Bills are now minus one forty two. Wow, what a flip! Uh, explain, Emory, how you caused this line to flip completely, mm-hmm. and yeah. why you like the Bills catching Not the, the first time. Yeah, Not the first time he's flipped the line. Yeah. Well, this is why I keep my foot on their necks the whole time. Right? <laughs> this, is what really, this is what really burns my grits, guys. Like, like notice all offseason is Justin Fields the guy. This man threw 17 mm. touchdown passes, ran for over 1,000 NFL yards in a season, and we're still wondering if he's the guy. We have to wonder if Malik Willis is going to get beat out by 
Will Levis, mm. you know, is it, is uh, a Kenny Pickett bur- take <laughs> bur- bourbon, bourbon Bortles, you know what I'm saying? Bluegrass <laughs> Bortles, right? So, what you haven't heard is anything about Kenny Pickett, who has thrown mm-hmm. seven touchdown passes, nine interceptions, 6.2 yards in attempt. That's damn near handing the ball off. Like, but, but again, it's the hypocrisy bubble we live in because for him, they'll say, oh, he was seven and five in the starter. If you look at you know the last couple of games, he was five and one. But when you bring up Justin Fields' real NFL stats against real NFL teams, they'll say, "Wait, well, they were three and fourteen. Oh, so now the win loss record is a quarterback stat. But when you're talking about Mr. Kenny Pickett, it it, it isn't. You, you know what I'm saying? So that's the problem I have. That's why I will mm. never let them rest. With that being said, <laughs> I do like Matt Barkley. I love the way Barkley plays. He he thrives whatever role he's given in. I remember covering the game when they played the Jets and uh, Josh Allen got knocked out uh, the first series of the game. Barkley came in through a long, deep touchdown pass. And anytime he's been asked to play in Buffalo, he has played well. The line just moved live, by the way. It's down out of Buffalo minus one and a half. What I like that. I like wow. it. Like on the screen. They're watching the podcast because they know I'm on the next. Like, so yes. <laughs> I wish take, I would have taken Buffalo plus the two and a half yesterday. Well, I took the money line because it was even more value uh, then yeah. because I like to put it in a parlay. I think they'll beat Pittsburgh because after you get Kenny Pickett, you have a drop off at QB and QB play. Although Mason Rudolph is solid. I feel like this is going to be a Mason Rudolph-Matt Barkley game. It's going to be a competitive, high-level preseason game because that's the reason why I went with Pittsburgh last because I like their depth over Tampa Bay. I just like Buffalo's defense, and I like Buffalo's uh, defensive depth, and I like Buffalo's quarterback a little bit more so than Pittsburgh, so I'm taking them on the money line. Yeah, I'm with them. Definitely, Katie. Yeah, I'm with Emery here as well. I I like Buffalo in this spot, too. I would agree with Matt Barkley. He has really good command of this Buffalo offense. Uh, I have a lot of confidence. Looking at the Steelers offense, a lot of question marks. I also agree regarding Kenny Pickett. Uh, I just I think this Pittsburgh offense is going to struggle this year. I also think the roster is very top heavy. I don't think there is a lot of depth. I think they suffered some key injuries, both on the offensive or defensive side. They are in for a long year wouldn't surprise me to see the Steelers actually finish last in that very competitive uh division as well so I like Buffalo in this spot though Shout for to anyone Ryan listening Wilson to Troy. the yeah yeah for anyone listening just the audio version we got Ryan Wilson in the chat absolutely trolling uh Emery of course Ryan Wilson is a big Steelers fan he said Nerd somebody gave Yes, I'm going to give Emery a drug test. That's how I do like Matt Barkley. My man is high as a kite. And then he's We're talking quotes, preseason Rudolph here. is solid. Yeah. Traps, rip off your Emery mask. I'm about to fly up to wherever Ryan live in, in the, uh, Syracuse. And uh, look, look at Will Diamond him out. Like, Will Diamond him out gave me yeah, exactly. I'll give you his address. I'm you want his address? I'm going to knock on his door and rough, and rough him up right there on the front porch in front of everybody. I would actually pay money uh, to see that. So maybe we'll have to set that up on a later a podcast. All right, moving on, guys. The Chiefs um, are over a touchdown favorite. At, well, they were last night. We'll see what the line is reflected today over the Cardinals coming off a tight loss to the Saints. JLC, bad teams are usually good preseason bets. 
last season, the worst two teams in the NFL, the Texans and the Bears, both went 3-0 and during the preseason last year. Uh, underdogs also typically a good bet. They hit it 54% against the spread in the last three preseason. The cards are projected to be the worst team in football. So are you grabbing these uh, seven and a half points? I am. Let's make money off them now. Um, I know that there's people out there looking at Andy, Andy Reid and how he's handled games before. And, you know, Mahomes might play a lot. Mahomes isn't playing more than a half of this game. And I, frankly, if he plays a half of this game against the Cardinals, it's stupid because the Chiefs backups in practice give him better competition. But for Arizona, this is their Super Bowl. You know, you've got a, a young coach there trying to, to prove a point to his owner. Um, they're trying to prove a point that they can look like an effective offense without Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray holding them back. They will play this game to win. Um, and seven and a half is just way too many points for me. I, I, I can't imagine that Andy Reid will really yeah. give a damn about the final 30 minutes of this game, right? That's for Brett Veach might, might be. But, yeah. yes, I'm on Arizona here. It might even be one where um, you're looking to do a little something-something live betting in the mm. second half. Arizona will, will play this game to win. There's no doubt in my mind. And uh, are they going to win? I don't know, but but I'm all over the seven and a half. It's not my favorite play this weekend, but it's one of the three I like the most. I do think I think you're I think you're correct. Arizona is playing to win, and I think we're going to come out of this preseason with Arizona undefeated in the preseason. Maybe maybe not undefeated, but like <laughs> the Arizona's going to be like hyped up, like Arizona's trying hard. Jonathan Gannon's got them fighting, and then they're going to get blown out by Washington and end up losing like their first eight games of the year. Um, I think I was going to counter counter and say you go you Chiefs minus eight. I think instead the play, and this is a line that's probably going to move because the juice is minus one fifteen. Um, but mm. the Chiefs. First half, oh, Chiefs minus five and a half. First half, um, minus one fifteen. Last year in week two of the preseason, and look, Andy Reid is a creature of habit. Most coaches are, but Andy Reid is fairly predictable in how he handles rest for his veterans, how he plays his starters, when he plays his starters. He let Patrick Mahomes throw nineteen passes in the first half of the second, the first half of the second game of the second week of the preseason last year, and they're minus five and a half. I think the Chiefs are up by a touchdown plus at halftime, and then maybe. You you sort of see the uh, the the Cardinals storm through the back door with a bunch of blitzes against the Chiefs backups. All right, the Patriots and Packers are playing a game in Green Bay. Bill Belichick was asked about Zeke Elliott a bunch. He said he's on the team, and then it's like, what do you think about the history of Lambeau Field? And he gave a five hundred word answer because that's Bill Belichick, and that's just how he likes to roll. Emery, what are your thoughts here on the total uh, at thirty seven? And again, we make these bets on Wednesday. These things move. I just realized I had the halftime lines open. Uh, it's actually down a half a point, so good, goody for you. You get some juice, but 36 and a half now. Uh, your thoughts on the total? I like the over, man. I like Green Bay's quarterback depth, and I know I made a big stink about, um, you know, USFL MVP Alex Magoo. He only played like two snaps in that ball game because for whatever reason, Sean Clifford got a bulk of the snaps. Whatever. Alex Magoo is going to play a lot in this ball game. I like the fact that the Packers can score. They have some great vertical threats, so I like this going over. And again, we get Malik Cunningham too, because now folks are saying, "Oh, we who knew Malik Cunningham could play quarterback?" Like, man, it's just so fascinating that they always have the same take about the same type of quarterbacks. But I digress. I like 
both of these quarterbacks, all of these quarterbacks to put points up on the board. Therefore, I like the over. I disagree. I like the under in this one, Emery. Now, I liked mm. it better when it was 37. Now that it's moved down to 36 and a half, I don't love. 37 seems to be that magic number in the preseason. Games that um, are 37 or under tend to uh, tend to hit the under here. And also, the Packers scored 36 points last week. You got to think there's a little bit of regression here again in the preseason. Teams that perform very well offensively in one game tend to take a little bit of a step back uh, in the next game. So I lean under this again, liked the 37 more than the 36 and a half. You know, that's I just, average total, right? That's just like total of the game. Yeah. I personally can't believe that this oh, New I England... Yes, sorry. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I'm still scratching my head regarding this New England offense somehow, in my opinion, was the slowest offense in the NFL and then added a player that actually made them even slower in Ezekiel Elliott. I think Ramondre Stevenson ran the fastest 40 time uh, of any skill position player on the Patriots. So, yeah, I, I think that he uh, Zeke might be a thorn in Ramondre's side all season long, especially looking at Ramondre's season long props. Princeton, I know uh, you had that touchdown over. I know I hate it now. It feels so uh, bad right Right now, same here. I like those as well, but yeah, Zeke is going to, I think, vulture a lot of those uh goal line touches, unfortunately. JLC, are you on the Packers plus the points here? The Packers plus the points or Packers minus yeah, the points? I, I think the yeah, Packers minus three. Sorry, yeah, the Packers cover here. Um, my, that is my second favorite play of the week, uh, consciously or subconscious. Yeah, Packers to cover, uh, consciously or subconsciously. Uh, as this plays out, Matt LaFleur knows he's never won a damn thing. Without uh, Aaron Rodgers, and not that winning another preseason game would matter all that much, but this is the unveiling of Jordan Love right at Lambeau as the future of this team. I think he might play a half. I think he'll play as long as they – that means more than one probably scoring drive. Um, They're trying to sell the present and the future in a way there they haven't had to in a long time, and they're getting a pretty pretty good opponent here because the New England Patriots don't believe – in speed twitch, they don't believe in quick twitch. They don't believe in supreme athletes, at least not on offense. So, yeah, I I like I like Green Bay in this spot. I think Green Bay says they can. Um, and this Clifford kid looked pretty interesting last week too. So I'm on the Packers here. All right, uh, moving on. Raiders versus Rams. The Raiders are laying three and a half against the Rams. Aiden O'Connell saw a big run last week against the 49ers. He was 15 of 18, and he looked really, really sharp. Uh, McVay clearly played more key players this year than he did last season. Stetson Bennett should see a good run here. Brinson, Raiders put up 34 on the Niners last week. What do you think about this game? Yeah, let's go rapid fire because we got like four games to cover, and we now we we – the bagel talk blew our uh, blew, blew our timing out of the water, but I, I will never I will never criticize bagel talk or Ryan Wilson and Joe Musso jumping in the chat talking about yeah. Bourbon and Mason yeah. Rudolph. The Raiders minus three and a half. I like this here. I actually like the over two. I mean, Stetson Bennett was chunking the ball all over the place, and Aiden O'Connell looked awesome in this game. Like, I mean, you're talking about two guys who can solidify themselves, I mean, as backup positions, but also like in, in situations where you have quarterbacks who have been hurt a lot in recent years, Jimmy Garoppolo and Matthew Stafford, these guys can end up seeing meaningful snaps in the 2023 season if they keep playing well in this preseason. Give me the Raiders minus three and a half, and I'll tack on the over 39 and a half as well, Katie. Um, go ahead. 
Oh, that's okay. All right. So Chargers um, and Saints. Saints are three-point favorites over the Chargers. Annie Dalton didn't play in week two last year. So Derek Carr probably similar here, maybe just one to two series with the starters. Uh, Chargers don't really ever play their starters. Emery, you're taking the over 37 and a half here. Yeah, if you watched the Chiefs last week, Shane Bouchel and Chris Oldokin moved the ball up and down the field against the Saints reserves. I'm a big Easton stick guy with the Chargers. So this is not you know, focusing on the, the starters. I just think the Chargers have so much depth at receiver and Easton stick has so much f- familiarity with this personnel. I like them to score as I do like the Saints to score on the Chargers backups. I like the over here. JLC, you were going right back to the well from last week. You you nailed it. The, the, the Ravens won, but they didn't cover. Uh, they barely snuck it out. And you think Washington hyped up in their building, bringing the Ravens to town on Monday, Monday night football in the preseason, the money line, right? Yeah, I like Washington to win this football game, and this is my favorite play of the weekend. Um, the Ravens, again, incredibly risk-averse. And since they last played, they had one really NFL starting corner on their roster, Marlon Humphrey. Now he's had foot surgery. Daryl mm-hmm. Worley, who they're trying to convert from corner to safety, led their defense and snaps played last week. Um, these two teams practiced together two days this week. I know on the Washington side, they feel like guys like Mark Andrews were taking liberties, that the Ravens started most of those fights, and they have their first home game with this new owner. On a Monday night, the place will be packed. These fans are so Excited to exercise the demons that Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead, Dan Snyder, uh, no longer owns this football team. You have a Ravens secondary that if they had to play a real NFL game right now would be compromised. Now you've got some of their depth guys against Sam Howe, who that organization is out to prove, can play. Washington will want to win this game. As much as people talk about hardball and this streak, last week it took a 60-yard field goal from their guy. A couple of misses from the other team. The Eagles don't, going for a two-point conversion instead of an extra point to tie the game. All, all of that, right? And they still barely won. I got news for you. Ron Rivera ain't taking going for two. Ron Rivera wants to win this game some way, somehow. They'll want to end that stupid streak. They'll sell it to their owner like that's some accomplishment. He doesn't know any better yet. Um, <laughs> and I also think if you look at Baltimore, the only time the offense didn't look horrific – was with Huntley running it. Huntley hurt his hamstring in that game, hasn't practiced all week. You're going to see a lot of Anthony Brown who came in and threw a pick six. Josh, you know, Josh Johnson, I like him, but he looked pretty washed the other night. And I do think Washington will play some of their starting D linemen and I think they'll get off. So I like Washington here to win this game outright. Absolutely. It's my favorite play of the weekend. The drive for 25 will no longer be alive. It's going to end right here. <laughs> Live with the 24 straight. Baltimore, celebrate the 24 straight preseason wins because it's over. Uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But fine, that's fine. All right, last but not least, the Cowboys versus the Seahawks. Starters didn't play in week two. Uh, last year for the Cowboys seems to be that that's going to happen again. Dak actually hasn't played in the preseason since 2019. Most of the projected starters for the Seahawks were do not practice. Carroll played, I think, five uh, last week. Drew Law could see some decent time here, knowing uh, how much he did play. He was 17 of 24 in week one. I it's a lot of points here. Uh, the Seahawks are what laying seven, but I think I have to actually go with Seattle. I think they just have so much more depth, both offensively and defensively compared to the Cowboys uh, when it comes to their backup. So I could see this actually as a 10 point game with the Seahawks on top. Um, anybody else have a bet or a thought on this one? 
I never thought I I'd find myself say. saying that, uh, yeah, Drew Locke was very impressive last week, but I found myself yeah. very impressed with Drew Locke last week. <laughs> uh, I think the Seattle roster top to bottom is one of the best rosters in the NFL, Katie. I'm in full agreement with you. I think the depth that they've assembled as well is absolutely tremendous. So I do think they're a significant favorite compared to Dallas. I like them to cover by double digits as well. I wish we had a sound effect for a bonus bet because we could throw it out that Emory's got one from is this is CFL. What is this? The U- USFL? The Edmonton Elks? Listen, yeah, it was funny. I've been crying. I've been crying for Trey Ford to start all season long because of his athletic traits. They they finally started him last week against the number one defense in the CFL, Winnipeg. The first play of the game. They ran a zone read, and it was like the movie Necessary Roughness, where the entire defense followed Trey Ford, and the running back went 70 yards down the field for a touchdown on the opening play of the game. So Hamilton is banged up at quarterback. They're starting their third-string guy, second-string star for Ford. Take them on the money line, or you can take them plus five and a half. I like Edmonton on both sides in this game. Tell them to bring me my money. <laughs> that was actually perfect. All right. We did it. And just a, almost a minute three from Jason Lockham for Alex Selznick, Emery Hunt, Will Brinson, and myself. Thank you for rocking with us today. It was a pretty deep show. Make sure you join us next, next week for more NFL preseason coverage. We'll be diving into divisional and Super Bowl futures. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe on our YouTube page. For everyone listening to the audio version only, Please download, follow, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. Have a good weekend.